0: Hello, Pivoters. Welcome to Pivoting Out of EDU, your podcast designed to provide you with the inspiration, confidence, and strategies for making a pivot away from campus-based positions in education toward other opportunities. Hosts, Drs. Jamie Hoffman and Tom Stutter, pivoted out of campus-based positions and are loving it. Now they are giving back and supporting others doing the same.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pivoting Out of EDU. My name is Tom Stutter.
2: And I'm Jamie Hoffman.
1: And I am super excited to introduce to our listeners the Vice President for Customer Experience at Zoom Info, Jenny Campbell. Jenny, say hello to our listeners.
3: Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Tom and Jamie. I'm super excited to be talking to you guys today.
1: Well, we are beyond thrilled to have you um, for multiple reasons. One, because obviously uh, I have a great connection with you and we work sort of side-by-side. But beyond that, one of the things that we hear from our listeners quite a bit, particularly those who have sought out consult services from either Jamie or myself, is that one of the areas that they are most interested in pivoting to is customer success. And while Jamie and I do a good job of explaining what customer success is, We thought it would be really great this season to do a deep dive into what that field is and what it entails, because I think it's it's uh, it it sort of got a lot of different definitions depending on who you might ask. And so I thought it was you know we'll we'll go right to the source of somebody who's an expert in the field uh, and and talk to us about that. So Jenny, you know, kick us off with you know tell us a little bit about your career experience and what ultimately led you to pursue uh, customer success as a career
3: yeah absolutely so you know one of the things that i think is most exciting about just the the concept of customer success is that it is pretty generic by nature and i don't mean that to be a bad thing it means that anybody can end up being a customer success professional um, I had no intentions of being a customer success professional. I was—I um, have a very strong marketing background. In fact, when I got hired into my current position, I came in as a director of marketing. I had always been in marketing positions. Um, I went—I I got my MBA. I didn't—I did a, a marketing emphasis, so I was very much thinking that I was on a marketing track. I wanted to be a VP and ultimately a CMO. Um, because marketing is what all my experience was in. And, and one of the, the things that was really interesting that happened to me um, about five or six years ago is that when I got hired at Zoom Info, I got hired as the director of Man Demand Gen. And part of my jurisdiction there was customer marketing. And I had never had any experience with customer marketing. I'd always been a very just generic marketing person, you know, planning events and websites and things like that. And One of the things um, that I got a little bit of exposure to is what, what does it look like when you are just focused on the customers in the business? So so much of marketing is focused on how do you attract new customers, right? That's pretty much what we all think of marketing, right? Legion, things like that. And this was the first time I got exposure to well, how do you actually market to your current customers? And it was my first exposure, a real deep dive into customer relationships, right? In marketing, you're all about getting someone to the door. And once they're in the door, you sort of move on to the next person. You don't go much deeper than that. And so it was really my first exposure to kind of, how do you actually carry on that relationship with a customer and it was an area that I just, I sort of fell in love with, right? The idea that I got to nurture these more longstanding relationships that the company had with these customers was something that that I thought was fun. It was much more fulfilling. It was rewarding. You know, you got, you got to actually see things come to fruition. And ZoomInfo, the company I got hired at, was growing so fast at the time that we... We're able to sort of start to silo a little bit. And at that moment in time, I decided, hey, I think I really want to be on the customer side of the house. And you know, that's where I met Mr. Tom Studdard here. And my full focus became on what happens after a company gets a customer, right? So let the marketing folks get the customer in the door. What happens once you get somebody in the door? And that has so many components to it, right? That has the components of, making sure that they are happy and healthy and getting value from their investment. These are all people that are paying money to a company that you are working for and it is your responsibility to make sure that they are getting something for that money. Now, the thing that makes it extra fun is there's a relationship there, right? You develop relationships with your customers, um, and sometimes those relationships are virtual, right? You're just communicating with customers in mass, but a lot of times um, they are more direct. You are actually talking to customers every single day about how they can get more value from your investment. So, I never had plans to be into in customer success. You guys probably know this, but customer success hasn't been around that long. Like sales, marketing, all those things have been around forever. Customer success really kind of blew up in the last 8 to 10 years, I would say. A lot of companies didn't have a customer success department until then. Um, and so it wasn't a career track that I really saw myself doing. I didn't have this goal of being in a customer success role. Um, but it sort of evolved that way. And I was lucky enough to work at a company with Zoom, at Zoom info that allowed us to kind of grow out a department based based on that. But it was accidental. It was very accidental. And this is why you know, one of the reasons I think this is such an interesting topic for the audience that you guys have, because I think one of the things—and you'll keep me honest here, because you guys—you guys are experts in this field—but I think you know when people think about making a career change or pivoting out of something, right? I think it could be a little overwhelming because you might not feel like you have a specialist. You're not a specialist in a particular thing. Um, and one of the reasons I love customer success is because you don't have to be a specialist. You just have to be uh, smart and organized and love relationships and things like that. So there's all these kind of generic skills that people can take and translate into being really successful in the role.
2: It's super interesting. I have a lot of questions because uh, I mentioned um, earlier that I'm going to be a bit of a student on this podcast episode because I, I just where I, where I work, we don't have, we don't have customer success because it's just a bit of a, we have students. So it's, Similar, clearly, in the ways that folks listening would think of it. But I have follow-up questions. So if customer success is new, I'm curious, was that need just like sort of previously unmet? And or um, you know, I as I'm working with people, I see things like implementation manager or account manager, and they they sometimes build those positions in a way that you describe customer success to be, but I feel like maybe they're different. So Um, if you can kind of shed some light on those two pieces. that Yeah, I think the
3: concept of customer success has been around. Everybody has had a focus on making sure that their customers are getting value from their investment they're making. I just think that that focus has been compounded with other agendas within an organization. So you might have an account executive or an account manager, somebody who is financially tied to the outcome of that customer who is also responsible for the care and feeding of that customer. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is conflicting agendas to some degree because you can't say to the customer, Hey, I only care about you getting full value from your investment because in the back of my head, I'm a salesperson. I carry a quota and I also want to expand you. Right. And so sometimes those two agendas do come into conflict not in a in a in a in a friction way that that is shown to the customer, but on the back end it is because the selling component is always probably going to prevail, or else you're not going to be a good seller, right? If you're not focused on selling, you're you're not going to hit your quota, you're not going to be successful, and so so I think decoupling those two, which is what we decided to do at, at ZoomInfo, really uh, we were very nervous to do it because then all of a sudden you have. Two people managing account instead of one, and that becomes more expensive and less efficient and all that kind of stuff, and potentially complicating to the customer, do I call Jamie or do I call Tom? I'm not sure, right. Um, but what we have found is that being able to, for the customer to understand that there is somebody that they can interact with that only has their interests, you know, at the, at the top of their mind, helping them get full value from their investment. The CSM team is never going to call one of our customers to try to get them to buy something else. Now, if they see that they might be a fit for something or they have a a broader business need, we will, of course, have that conversation. But it's not the top of our agenda. Our top agenda is you are paying us money for a thing, and we want to make sure that you're getting full value from that thing. So it's not to say that nobody was focused on customer success before Jamie. It It was in conjunction with some other focus areas, particularly selling. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, that's one of the questions that comes up, right, Jenny, from, from our listeners particularly is, you know, I, they're applying for an account exec or they're applying for an account manager or they're applying for a customer success manager. And, and it's hard to sort of understand where that where that fits. And 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 you know, I think you described it well, like back in sort of the old days of Zoom Info, those were combined roles and then you know, now they've sort of been separated and we've even gone so far as to separate even out more with the implementation team and the onboarding team, which I think a lot of those roles traditionally have fallen into customer success. But as the, as the, uh, as the, the sort of the landscape of customer success has grown, people have even become specialized in customer success. So I, my question for you is, is what does a typical CSM really look like? And what do they do on a daily basis? If a, if somebody who's listening here is like, yeah, I want to be a CSM, what, what is that? What do they do?
3: Yeah. Well, you hit on something important there just as in kind of leading into that question is that the concept of CSM does come in a lot of different flavors, right? It looks a little bit different at every single company. Uh, we happen to work at a company where we have kind of bifurcated all of these things, your onboarding or your implementation or your customer success. but a lot of companies the customer success role does some of those other things, right? They make sure that the customer is onboarded. They train the customer. They sometimes implement the customer. And so there are these um, all these different components sometimes that are wrapped up in a customer success role. So depending on the company that you're at, your day-to-day might look a little bit different. Um, At our company, it's interesting because our customer success managers, some of them are managing, let's say, 100 customers. All those customers are in different industries. Um, So that presents its own set of challenges. There's some common threads across their their portfolio of customers. For us, it's all their customers are about the same size, right? They're an enterprise or an SMB or a mid-market. But other than that, there is really no common thread, which creates some additional challenges for the customer success managers. You can imagine, okay, I'm going to talk to 20 customers today. This one's going to be in the transportation industry. This is going to be an in education industry. This is financial services and tech. So you kind of constantly have to pivot around, you know, uh, making sure that you understand the customer's business, but day-to-day for a customer success we in our company, we call the customer success manager, the quarterback of the relationship, right? So they are the main point of contact with the customer that sometimes that looks a little bit like triage and coordination, Right hey, you have an issue. Okay, I'm going to get you with a specialist on this other team who's going to help you resolve that issue. Maybe it's a highly technical issue that the CSM is not really qualified to actually handle, which is fine. We don't expect our CSMs to be experts in everything. Or maybe they're, hey, I have a marketing campaign next week and I need some help figuring out how to launch it, right? We'll help you do that. So there's a little bit of triage in a customer success role to kind of understand how to best help the customer based on where they are. Our hope is that many of those things the customer success manager can just do, right? Again, unless it's highly technical and we want to pass it off or something like that. But we really think about them as the quarterback of the relationship. So interfacing with the customer and then figuring out what's the next move? Who do I loop in? Who do I toss the ball to, right? If it's not me, how do I make sure? And then how do I make sure that... that the customer actually gets what they need out of that ball tossing, right? So it's not a, a game of hot potato. It's a game of, hey, customer, I'm going to introduce you to this expert here. They're going to help you with this, and I'm going to handhold to make sure that that happens and we get the resolution that you need or the help that you need. Sometimes, you know, one of the one of the fun things I think part of the the customer success job that's probably most satisfying for most of the folks on my team is when they actually really get to dig in on a business issue with a customer and help them actually do something. Um, of course, you know, dealing with technical issues, those things come up all the time, but it's way more fun and fulfilling for a customer success manager to be able to have a meaningful interaction with a customer um, that helps them move their business forward. We work with a lot of FMB customers where you've got one person wearing about four different hats. And so the customer success manager can take an hour with that person to help them, you know, launch a campaign or send out an email or something like that, then there's, I think there's a lot more satisfaction in that um, than some of the coordination that's also required of a customer success role. But so, the, the, the day-to-day, to answer Tom's question, is every day is a little bit different because customers, if you have 100 customers, can you imagine any given day the variety of things that be, could be coming your way? And then that's also balancing with it. Well, I got to make sure I'm also talking to my customers that aren't coming to me, right? And that I'm actually proactively reaching out for. So there's that kind of yin and yang of proactive and reactive throughout the day. And every day looks a little bit different, which I think is one of the things that keeps the role exciting for people. No two days are the same.
1: Yeah. I um, I want to just sort of comment really quickly, Jenny, before we get to our next question that for everybody that's listening out there that's in higher education and in student success probably what you heard Jenny talk about resonates with what you do. Again, we talk about transferability and translation of skills, but a lot of what a customer success manager does with their accounts and with the the people in those accounts is what you do as a student success person. You know, if you're an academic advisor, no day looks the same, right? You're trying to figure out where students should go and what classes they should take and how do you get them to graduation with the ultimate goal of being retention, which is exactly what, what Jenny's organization does. And so, you know, for those of you thinking like, Customer success may sound good, but I don't understand like, how the two connect. I think the two are really, really, quote-unquote, similar, just with different audiences that they, that they, that they, uh, that they interface with. Uh, student success and customer success is, is really making sure that your, your customer, for those of us in higher education, our students, are successful in whatever it is that they're trying to do, whether that's the classroom, whether that's a student activity, whether that's athletics, whether that's you name it. They're very similar. And so I really appreciate that that overview, Jenny, because I I think that the connection there for for the the listeners here is 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 really solid in, in hearing that description.
3: Yeah. I made a note of that actually when I was kind of thinking through um this conversation and it's you know it's it's the students are are like customers N- none of them are the same they all have sort of different agendas success looks different for e- lo- success looks different for each of them and it's your job to kind of understand how to how to navigate that right to make sure that you're delivering that you know Tom hit on the outcome outcome can mean so many different things right but understanding what is the outcome that this person or this customer is looking for and how do I help them along that path to get to that outcome? So there is so much sort of, you know, direct crossover there um, that I think a lot of the work that folks that might be listening uh, are used to doing every single day.
2: Speaking of which, that resonated exceptionally well, like that, that almost could have read like uh, my job description slash the job description of the folks that work for me. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I told Tom... In the in a, in a chat, people can't see it, obviously, since it's a podcast, but I'm like, you stole what I was going to say before I was going to ask my question. It's true, though. It, 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 but, it's, really um, true. It's, it's very true. And thus, you know, a natural sort of next question for you is, you know, as folks are thinking about, okay, I, could, I can easily see how I could be successful doing c- customer success How do they make themselves stand out among other applicants that maybe have a very specific customer success background, right? How do they, you know, get the interview and then and what in the interview can they do to stand out given um, their experience hasn't been necessarily where they're, you know, in a company, but very parallel.
3: Yeah. Well, I think your listeners will be um, happy to know that I hire people every single week that have never been a customer success manager before. So it's not, it is, you know, that's when I said it's wonderfully generic. that's sort of what I'm talking about, right? Is that, you know, if if I'm going to hire a really high level senior enterprise customer success manager, I'm probably going to find somebody that has some years of experience doing that, of course. But um, that only represents a very small piece of our business, right? The the rest of our our business just needs smart, talented, organized uh, relationship managers to actually care for those relationships. And so, when I'm interviewing folks, um, you know, that are a couple years out of school or coming off of um, coming out of another industry, you know, maybe they were in the restaurant industry or maybe they were. Um, you know, in education, or it could be any number of things. They didn't necessarily have to be working on a SaaS company and even in tech, really. It is, you know, the ability to, um, uh, you know, somebody has to be a, a people person, right? That's like first and foremost, right? You have to you have to um, thrive off of relationships with folks um, and and understand the importance of it. Um, You have to be really organized. Of course, that's just that, you know, if you're managing accounts, you have to understand just like if you're responsible for many students, you have to be really organized or else things will not, not go well. And, you know, they have to be able to present themselves well, which, you know, in education, that's something that you guys probably take a little bit for granted because everybody... Uh, is sort of used to that, right? They're used to kind of putting themselves out there, whether it's in presentation mode or, or you know, things like that. But um, so understanding that somebody who has some level of comfort with positioning themselves as the expert um, and kind of command has some sort of presence, they can command attention uh, from the people around them, because they have something valuable to share, um, is sort of the characteristics that I look for when I when I'm interviewing somebody. They don't need to know everything about my company they don't need to know everything about being a customer success manager um but i look for you know it, it, areas in their background where they have skills that might translate really really well and project management is another big one somebody who has the ability to actually coordinate um, projects and doesn't mean they have project manager they're an actual project manager but they have experience coordinating projects because going back to what i said you're sort of the quarterback of the relationship right so there's a lot of just coordination and facilitation that's required to make sure that the customer is getting getting what they need.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I, I think that that is the that's sort of the hallmark of 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 what our folks are are really looking for is that you know, the, the skills that they've built in education will translate over, even if they don't know the specific product or they know the specific company, being able to understand like the quote unquote soft skills that they're bringing to the table are just as equally important. And it then becomes about how do they translate those skills so that they sort of stand out, you know, on a resume or in an interview. Pivoting out of EDU, will be right back after this quick message. Coaching Through It is a podcast hosted by myself, Laura Pasquini
3: and Julie Larson. We're two former higher education professionals who made the jump to corporate life and now are learning what professional coaching is all about.
1: Coaching3 will offer you
3: and explain what coaching actually is and how it might help your pivot out of EDU and support your career transition. We'll be digging into coaching tools, techniques, and resources that we find useful. Not only will you get these tools, but you'll find out what's useful for you and where you're at in your career. We're both career coaches and support transitions and pivots. And we have a number of other coaches you might want to learn from as we feature them on interviews on the pod. And let's get real. We've been friends for over a decade. So you might just hear an episode or two of us coaching one another and a bit of real talk of what it's like to be in the world of work and how transitions and pivots happen today. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, as we'll be coaching through it.
1: And now back to the show. So, you know, if I think about sort of the timeline of questions that we've asked, right, it's like, how did you get in? How does somebody break in? What skills do they need? That sort of what's the next step is like, okay, so I got in and I got a CSM a role. You know, like where do I go from there? What's the growth pattern? In higher ed, we sort of know, like you start as a program coordinator and then you move up to an assistant director and then a director and then a dean and then an associate VP. And it's sort of like there's there's very there's steps across sort of the nation for what you go into. But where wow. do you go if you break into CSM world? Um, you know, what's what's If you get promoted as a CSM, that's one thing, but what are the other sort of things out there that somebody could also look to do in their career path?
3: Yeah, I see sort of three or four things typically happen. When folks kind of come in as a CSM, uh, either either this is their first customer success role or maybe they've had some customer success experience. But I see a couple paths take shape. Some people get in and they're like, "I was born to do this. I love being a customer success manager, and I want to further my skills in customer success." At Zoom Info, that looks like the type of customers that you're working with, right? Maybe you're working with our customers that spend ten thousand dollars. And you're like, my goal is I want to be working with your customers that spend a million dollars, right? But customer success is where I want to be, right? I want to be the person that is talking to our customers every single day to make sure that um, they're getting what they need and they're getting value from their investment. And I just want to do that on a bigger scale. So my, my career aspirations are to kind of move up the chain in that way see that happen all the time which is great that's how you end up end up with enterprise or really senior strategic CSMs those are folks that have really honed their skills working with all types of customers and now they're like yeah I can be a CSM for a, a customer that has 10,000 employees right that's that's one path there are other folks that come in um just like any other function really that realize they have more of a passion for leadership so they feel that they they've they love the customer success function but their career trajectory or their aspirations are more in line with leadership. So they start talking to me about, well, how do I become a team lead on the customer success team and then a manager and then a director and things like that. And so they want to stay in the customer success space, but not as an individual contributor. They want to progress as kind of in the leadership and and management. So that's another path that we see take. Um, And then the third one that we see uh, often, and Tom can probably attest to this as well, is once you get into a company, you are exposed to a bunch of other functions. So customer success might be your foot in the door. And honestly, at our company, a lot of times it is because it is, again, generic to some degree, right? So you might not have direct customer success success experience. You come in the door and then you, and then you see in this company what else is out there, right? So, oh, actually, the piece I love about customer success is training or onboarding or implementation or... Hey, I really love the work we do with the product marketing team. or you know what? I've been working alongside some of our sellers, and I actually think I want to go sell this instead of being somebody who just helps our customers get value once they've sold it. So that's one of the other the other paths is you know you, you just getting in the door somewhere as a customer success manager uh, is sometimes easier than getting in the door in a more specialized way, right? It's hard to get hired as a product manager if you haven't had product management experience. But once you get into a company, we're lucky enough to get a company like ZoomInfo that has a lot of opportunity, but you get exposure to other parts of the business and you may see something that you like better. And you've proven yourself then in a customer success role and other opportunities might present themselves. So those are kind of the the, the three paths that I see most, most common. But the the great thing about customer success is it gives you this amazing foundation. Um, to move into other roles um, because you, you've got the cus- customer-facing piece. At that point, you've become an expert in the product because you've had to be because of the role. So it really gives you this nice foundation to be able to to parlay that experience into into other roles within a company is what I've seen.
2: Thank you. That it was really helpful um, and, and great to kind of hear. I think, again, reassuring that so many of our listeners will... I hope you feel relieved like, that this is a, a potential pathway for them. And we get asked this next question a lot, or we see it a lot um, when we post jobs or other people post jobs, you know, they're, they're wondering salary range for the industry and, in, you know, not necessarily your company, I know, but just, you know, they're thinking, okay, if I'm a director, I'm making $70,000 a year. Can I even afford to shift to being a customer success manager? So one question I have specifically is like, I mean, I just googled it, and, and Glassdoor says the average customer success ma- manager makes seventy five thousand annually. So bearing in mind, you know, there's probably a lot that are a lot lower, higher. So I'm curious if that seems right to, according to the industry for you, and then. Um, We also, you know, I've been trying to help and we have a practical pivot episode on negotiation. And I'm also curious about bonuses and how, you know, oftentimes they're based on performance. And so what are the performance metrics that
3: customer success managers are um, managed against, basically? Well, let me let me address the first thing you brought up because I I think it's I think it is an interesting one because I do think that that's one of the things that people think about right when they're thinking about making a career pivot is what's this going to look like for me financially. One of the things I think that it's that's nice about a customer success role is that most companies um, the salary is or the, the 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 you know the the earning potential is even at entry level it still might be slightly above what you might think is entry level. So people are usually able to pivot into it, which nicely. And then once you get into it, you can progress. So I've had people that have come in, let's say at the $75,000 price point, right? They have a little bit of experience or maybe no experience and they just crush. They're so good, right? They've never been a customer success manager, but they quickly prove themselves and then they can kind of climb the ranks. And then the next year they're making 90 and then they're making 110. And and it, it starts to just evolve from there. One of the the things that, uh, and I have seen this to be true at every company um, that I have worked with or at our company, we acquire a lot of companies. so We get kind of an inside peek at what other uh, performance metrics are for other customer success teams in the industry. And one of the things that I see as a common thread uh, for customer success managers is, unlike a salesperson where you might not be tied exactly to a financial outcome... Um, there are performance metrics that you're tied to for overall outcomes that the customer success role plays a part in impacting. So whether it's in the form of a bonus or part of a monthly commission, um, there is an opportunity to maybe make more than what it looks like you're going to make on paper because the CSM does their job really well. You're going to have customers that spend more money and renew and things like that. So overall... The business results are going to be stronger. And every single customer success compensation plan that I have reviewed, and I've reviewed many at this point, are also tied to kind of overall business outcomes. So there's oftentimes an opportunity to make more than what it looks like. So, kind of like a seller, even though you're not selling, uh, it's only fair to tie a customer success manager to an outcome that they're playing a key role in. And so there's often, uh, the opportunity to make more money via bonuses or, um, court, or like, you know, monthly um, targets and things like that, then, then they would just make what it looks like that they're making on paper. So there's, there's often upside in the role, which I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I think our listeners know this by now, like I sit to the side of customer success and sort of, um, I would say little C, little S customer success because I handle the onboarding and the implementation side. And, and it's the same. You know, I tell people all the time that I'm consulting with is that your director level or your assistant dean level position in higher ed that requires a master's and in some extent a doctorate is going to look a lot like a salary range of an individual contributor, entry-level position in corporate and to not be afraid to apply for those jobs. And remembering that you may have 25 years of experience in higher ed but you are moving into a position that you don't have experience in. And it's okay to be an entry-level position without the title because you're probably going to make a similar salary. And that's okay to do that and, and to not overlook those positions, not automatically go for the positions that are, you know, equitable in terms of title, because at the end of the day, the directors and the vice presidents that they're hiring at these companies are either currently directors or currently vice presidents or somewhere in that ballpark as well um, in the in the industry that they're in. So Um, really appreciate
3: that point. Yeah. And and I would encourage people to, you know, ask the question, right. Of like, what does this look like? You know, usually when you're applying for a job, you have an understanding of what it pays, obviously, but ask the question about what does this look like a year from now? What what is the upside here? Because, you know, I think to Tom's point, if you're making a a career change, it can be a little scary and maybe it's flat or down compared to what you're making, but that's, a brief step back. If, you know, if you kind of asked probing questions, understand what does this look like in a year? And I know this is what I'm making on paper, but what can I actually make? Then it might not be so scary, but you got to kind of ask those questions and push, push on that to kind of understand what some of that potential um, is. Cause it might, it might mean that in a year or two, you're going to far exceed what you're making in, in your current role. It just doesn't, feels a little scary. I think at that moment in time, for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, Jenny. So last question, it's actually a two-parter and in order to end on a, on a high note, i um, hoping that you can talk a little bit about sort of maybe one of the biggest challenges that you think uh, customer success uh, has to deal with and then sort of close it up with what do you like most about customer success?
3: Yeah. So all the things that make customer success great, I think are also some of the, the challenges, right. And, you know, like like your audiences, I'm sure, is you know part of the the their job that's most fulfilling, i.e., working with students of a variety of you know backgrounds and agendas. You get the same thing with customers. So I think I referenced earlier how you get the satisfaction from helping a customer achieve a business outcome, but that path is not always easy, um, and it it can be frustrating. It can be challenging if you're working with an enterprise. It's like putting together a big puzzle. Right to get there. And that sometimes takes a long time and can be really challenging. Or if you're working with an SB customer um, that might be under resourced and you're trying to help them, you know, get a business outcome by really being and but they're also bootstrapped and things like that. So I think, you know, the areas that make the job most fulfilling are also the same ones that make it challenging, which I imagine is pretty similar in education right you know the the satisfaction that you get from seeing something get to the finish line you're like that was brutal but we got there right and I think the same goes to say when you when you're working with customers right it's 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 all those things it's unique everyone's got a unique agenda everyone's finish line looks a little bit different and you have to figure out how to navigate that journey with each person or each customer. Um, And that brings an incredible sense of satisfaction, but it can also be really, really challenging uh, because you encounter some things along the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think the fact that you drew a direct parallel to what folks do in particularly student services and student affairs is is right there. Uh, I used to say all the time that the most challenging things that I dealt with were also the things that I most enjoyed, particularly because if you solve a challenging issue, you sort of have that reward. Uh, I think about, you know, back to the time when I was the director of orientation You know The the things that drove me the most nuts when we were able to actually accomplish those things and get them across the finish line were the things that I was probably the most proud of. So, uh, Jenny, as always, uh, thank you so very much for participating in our podcast today and joining us. I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this one, particularly because so many of them are interested in customer success. And now that they can draw a line between what they do and what they could potentially do, uh, we may even have more interest. So really appreciate you joining us and, and giving us your time to give us that deep dive into customer success. For all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Pivoting Out of EDU. If you like this episode, don't forget to give us five stars wherever you download your podcast. If you have questions about customer success, don't hesitate to contact us, whether it's myself responding or perhaps even getting Jenny to rope uh, be roped in to answer a few. Uh, I know we would love to hear from you. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Pivoting Out of EDU. For show notes and more information about the podcast, visit pivotingoutofedu.com. If you're thinking about pursuing an opportunity outside of your campus-based position or know someone who is, visit our website for advice and resources and learn Jamie and Tom's private consultations offered to support you in your journey. If you think this podcast was awesome, please consider giving us a five-star rating.